Welcome into another bonus episode of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast. I am Owen Burke, here to bring another edition of my top 10 lists, but we got a little bit of a twist today. But before I get to the twist, uh, I want to thank you guys so, so much for listening. The fans, I mean, all you guys, whether you listen to it, yeah, you tell your parents or whatever the case may be. If you're listening to this right now, I love and appreciate you. The show does not go on without the fans. I know you haven't heard them say it as much as me lately, but Sam and Shay love you guys just as much as I do. We we would not be here without you guys. So, um, and another another big shout out goes out to Anchor. Um, without Anchor, none of this would be possible either. Um, their app makes it so easy to get the show out to everyone. You can listen to us on Anchor, on Apple Music, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just, I mean, podcast, any, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, we're there. And that's all due to Anchor. So if you guys are looking into getting in the podcast game, man, there's one way to do it, and it's the Anchor way. One click of a button, you're on seven apps, and just like that, you got a fan base established on all seven apps. It's as simple and easy as that. Um, so to get to the twist today, I brought in some special guests in. And, um, you know, I was going to sit here and try to think of some long introduction or something, but I'm just going to let them introduce themselves. So we'll kick to the first guest. He'll introduce himself, and then we'll get back to it. All right. So there's one special guest, another one. I got two special guests today, two of them. Another guy I know very, very well. Brennan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What's up, everybody? I'm Brendan Kohler. I've known Owen for about 10 years now, so I'd say we know each other pretty well. Um, talk sports all the time, so I know what I'm doing here. Owen knows what he's doing here. Tyler knows what he's doing here. We all know what we're doing here, so let's get into it. I mean, you heard the man. He said it better than I ever could. So, But, unfortunately, before we get to that, I want to run through the schedule real quick. Look at everything we've been talking about and the things that we got coming out. Um, we had to push our, our Vince Staples album review back. Uh, I think we might be adding a special guest onto that bonus as well. So kind of had to push that back and make sure we get it scheduled all out correctly. But uh, the sports stuff has come out on time so far. Um, the O-line, tight ends, and wide receiver bonuses are all out already. Um, and we got running backs today and quarterbacks will be coming out here in the next two or three days. So everything's on schedule on the sports side, man. I'm excited. We got the defensive stuff planned out. Uh, it should be coming out here in the next two to three weeks. Uh, so it's up, man. And then we're going to get into the divisions. And then we got college football me and Shay are going to talk about. So as far as sports goes, man, it's nothing but up. So to get into before we get into our top ten, the last two things before we get into our top tens, um, we are accepting sponsorships now. We should have some – some bigger sponsors coming through. So if you guys want to sponsor us at all, uh, just hit Shay up. He's obviously our business manager. He handles all the money, all that, all that big stuff. So hit Big Shay up. Y'all know where to find him out on Twitter and everything. And if you don't know where to find him, the link tree is in me and Samari's bio as well. So as long as you can find one of us, you can find all three of us. Um, and also before we get into the top ten, we do have a fan question today. Uh, came in from Roger. He wants to know what we think about – Texas and OU officially accepting invitations to join the SEC. I'm going to pass the mic to Tyler. We'll go to Brendo, and then we'll come back around to me, and I'll give you all my opinion before we get into our top tens. So I got a few ways that I look at it. Um, one, obviously, I think you can look at it as OU and Texas. They're going to go there. They want they're, – the way that it seems like they're spinning it, they're going there for you know a little more competition, which is true. SEC is very much more competitive in – other teams and sports than the Big 12 is. Another one is money. Obviously, Texas and OU, they're big money-hungry schools, and they deserve to be. I mean, they're great at the sports they play. Um, and I think each team is going to have a different success in a different sport. I think OU might actually surprise some people in when it comes to bas- or sorry, excuse me, football in the SEC. And on the other side, I think Texas, Texas in the last few years has been kind of a team on the uprise in basketball. You know, they're really good at getting talent. Their recruiters are really good. That could change this year. Shaka Smart accepted the job at Marquette to be there. Marquette's new head coach, so recruiting could change. But in the last few years, Texas has done a pretty good job of, you know, finding new recruits, finding athletic guys. And I think both teams are going to have some success in different sports. But, uh, you know, best of luck to them. Can't really blame them. The last few years, the Big 12 commissioner has kind of 
Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yeah, the Big 12 commissioner in the last few years has kind of shit the bed when it comes to football. Uh, you know, giving co-championships out, not really crowning anybody. Almost being it, in some cases, not being able to put a big Big 12 team in the playoff because of that. So, I mean, they had their own reasons of leaving, and uh, good luck to them. Uh, Rock Chalk, Kings of the Big 12. I mean, I don't know if Rock Chalk's Kings of the Big 12 in football, but basketball is a different story. But anyways, I mean, I definitely agree with everything Tyler said. Um, OU and Texas moving to SEC, definitely going to get better competition there. Um, I think the number one thing is definitely money. I mean, Big 12, you're, you're going to get some good money, but SEC deals are just different. I mean, there's an SEC network for a reason. So... OU and Texas are definitely going to get some big money going there. I think that was the main motive. Um, I think as a fan of Big 12, just in general, not necessarily football, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Big 12 going forward because losing Texas and OU, I mean, that's a big blow. Those are two big schools, if not the two biggest schools in the Big 12 for just all-around sports. So is the Big 12 going to fold, or are they going to add a few teams just to try to keep it afloat i don't know what's gonna happen it's gonna be interesting to see what happens so best of luck to ou in texas and uh we'll see what happens with the big 12 going forward yeah brenda you brought up really two good points that i i kind of forgot to highlight on and you brought up the sec network and one of the big things that texas is going through with espn now is they have their their longhorn network um which is an espn network and espn's kind of figuring out a way to Get their money back from that, and then the other thing is, uh, no. But then, and then you brought up the other good point about what the Big Twelve was or is going to do, whether they're going to fold or not. I've been seeing a lot more things around Twitter that, and it's something that I actually thought, whenever it first started, was going to be something that the Big Twelve could do is is go back to the Big Eight, which is something I could see them doing. You know, go back for they're going to you know market it as a tradition thing, going to back to the Big Eight, and I just. The other thing I'm seeing is all the teams in the Big 12, or some of the teams in the Big 12 going to other conferences. They're saying K-State, Pac-12. Of course, these are just rumors at this point. K-State, Pac-12, KU, Big 10. And though I could see that at the same time, I couldn't because I think that would just – at that point, you would just you just have six power conferences and nothing else at that point, and it would make things saturated, I feel like. But I, that's the other thing about the conferences. I feel like I do feel like if the Big Twelve does do something and not fold, I think they do a rebranding thing, go back to the Big Eight. I feel like that seems like the smart or not smartest. That seems like something that the Big Twelve would do. Yeah, I mean, both of you brought up great points. Um, I I don't know. I've had mixed reactions here and there. I think the one thing I haven't thought about as much as you guys is like what the Big Twelve is going to do. I definitely could see. I, I can see it now. It's a tradition thing. Big Eight's back. Da, 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 da. We got to see if anybody else leaves first, obviously. But as far as it comes to OU and Texas joining the SEC, I definitely think it's a money move more than anything. Obviously, up your recruiting and, and with the NIL bill passing recently, that just opens up more doorways for recruiting and money for players, coaches, and the schools themselves. Um as far as how they'll do, I think OU may be able to hold their own pretty decently. Uh, OU's been a playoff contender for the last three, four years. They've always done pretty well. Um, but as far as – I think OU will definitely do better than Texas. I think OU will probably manage to win quite a few games and maybe even you know threaten a couple you know longtime SEC schools for their spots. But – SEC is known for defensive football. That is where defensive products in the NFL come from usually. That is the brand of football they play, and the Big 12 is the exact opposite. We don't play defense in the Big 12. Whoever can hang 70 is the team that's going to walk out victorious. So OU's offense, I think, will do pretty okay. I think they should be able to hang once they get used to it. They should be able to hang pretty well with a lot of the SEC defenses, but I don't think they're going to be able to cover – like, I I don't think they're going to be able to cover anybody in the SEC when it comes to their defense. Now, when it comes to Texas, I've got a couple of buddies that are Longhorns fans, longtime you know Longhorn supporters. If if you thought Texas was the laughing stock the lack the laughing stock of college football before, you haven't seen anything yet. 
I, Texas has managed to win six conference games in football one time, and I think it's like the last 11 years. They are not going to do that, I think, for the next five to ten probably as well. So um, Texas, you're in for a long rebuilding process. OU might be able to compete, but it's definitely still going to be tough. This is this is the SEC. Like this is when when you talk about like they get all the money and everything. It's for good reason. That's where the best college football is played a, mo- a majority of the time. So moving into our top ten lists, we each have our own top ten running back lists. So we're going to go around. Tyler will go first, then Brendo, then back to me. We'll each go through our tens and then nines one or you know all the way up to one and we'll just kind of see how it goes from there so we'll give it to tyler he'll start us off with his number 10 on his list yeah so starting off with mine at number 10 i decided to go with joe mixon um joe mixon's a guy in the last few years in the nfl i've and it's it's starting to become more and more people are starting to do it more and more they're starting to connect players and relate players with their fantasy points and their fantasy stats in reality, which, I mean, it's kind of impossible not to do, but that's something that I think Joe Mixon has come something that happens to him a lot. Yeah, he, he's gotten hurt in the last few years, and he's always been a fantasy bust because people want to take him in the late first round when they can take him, and, or sorry, late later in the draft, not late in the first round. You're not going to want to do that. Um, but, you know, take him later, and he'll end up not you know, playing good, and they'll kind of connect it with that. But I do think Joe Mixon still is a top 10 running back in this league. He's very talented. It's just, I mean, it's the same thing. You say the same thing with Joe Burrow. What are you going to do in Cleveland? Whenever he is playing, he is playing in, sorry, I said Cleveland, Cincinnati. I apologize. Whenever he's, what, it's what they're going to do in Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, I still think he's a top 10 running back. What, whatever people say, whatever connections they make, I would, would still put him in the top 10. Well, Tyler, I would say I have to agree with everything you just said. I agree with you so much that I also have Joe Mixon as number 10 on my list. Um, he was hurt most of last year, so I think a lot of people forgot what this guy can do on the field. Um, before he was hurt, he had two straight 1,000-yard seasons. So, I mean, the production's definitely there. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, I see him definitely being a top 10 running back this year. Um, I think it'll help to have Joe Burrow with him, just offensive-wise, having both an uh, offensive attack and a rushing attack. It's going to help both him and Burrow. So, with those two things in the Cincinnati offense, I could see Mixon sliding in at number 10 on the running backs this year. Uh, the talent is definitely there, top 10. I think the production probably will be there. It's very hard to try to pick out a 10. Like I feel like 10, 9, and 8 are very, very difficult to do. You've, you kind of have a defined top 7. Obviously, the order can switch around. But my 10 is going to be different. I'm getting a little hot with my first one out the gate. Uh, I'm going to take a guy that was a rookie last year. He plays behind the best run running the, – the best run-blocking O-line in the league. I can't talk today. Um I'm going to put Jonathan Taylor at 10 on my list. Um, he he had a great rookie season. Um, a lot of this comes from I'm looking at the QB situation in Indianapolis. Right now we're kind of unsure with Carson Wentz's health. I feel like they may try to run the ball a lot this year. Like I said, they have the best run-blocking O-line in football. They have a great defense. I think they're going to be able to control the clock in a lot of games. That's what Indy likes to do with their offense. And I see – the sky is the limit to me with Jonathan Taylor. I think the only thing that slows him down at this point would be if they start to split carries because they do have Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines in the backfield, two very talented running backs as well. And the other thing that might slow him down is just because somebody else may grab the top spot. There's a lot of talent. Like, you know, Joe Mixon could grab the top, you know, the, the 10 spot on my list as well. So uh, I think Jonathan Taylor's in for a good year, and um, I felt like I just couldn't leave him off the list. But as far as 10 goes, it's a wide-open race. I don't think there's anybody that's like, this guy's definitely got to be at 10 or in the top 10. So uh, we got two Joe Mixons and a Jonathan Taylor to start the list. We're going to kick it to Tyler. What we got for number nine, Ty? So number nine, this is a guy, um, you were just talking about how Joe Mixon could pop into the top 10, steal that spot from Jonathan Taylor. But uh, this is a guy for me that I could see actually taking – the spot at 10 and falling, I I was very, very questionable on myself about putting him in the top 10, but I still see him as a guy who is very talented and can put up big numbers. 
I put Josh Jacobs at nine. Uh, I still think Josh Jacobs is a very good running back. He's a very tough runner. He he's sneaky. Las Vegas to me, I want to call him a sneaky team, but at the same time, I mean that defense is just so atrocious. It's kind of hard to win a game. But I would still put Josh Jacobs in the top ten. I will say this though, I I can see him dropping out of the top ten just because just because he's going to be another running back who's going to split carries this year. They signed Kenyon Drake in the offseason, and Kenyon Drake is no spring chicken. Kenyon Drake is a very good receiving running back. He's very fast. He's got a lot of talent. So he's another one of those running backs who could split carries. And they also have a very talented offensive line out there. John Gruden, we question him every year, but, I mean, he comes out. He, he's, he still knows what he's doing. So I think that's the only thing. I'm still going to put Josh Jacobs in the top ten, but I would look out for him to someone who could. His numbers could fall this year. So I'd still put him low on the list. Well, once again, I agree with everything that Tyler said. So much so that I also have Josh Jacobs as number nine on my list. Um, So as a Chiefs fan, I watch this guy play at least twice a year, usually more just because I like watching football. Um, So, I mean, I know how much of a grinder he is. He's definitely a good power back. Um as Tyler was saying, they did sign Kenyon Drake this offseason, so he could take some of Josh Jacobs' carries. But the good thing about Jacobs is that he's a power back, so, I mean, he's still going to get those goal line carries. So, I mean, the production could still be there just even touchdown-wise. But even then, I think that Josh Jacobs is such a good running back that he should get most of the carries in Las Vegas. And I see him having a good year. All right. So, for my number nine, as as the my two special guests have agreed on both of their ten and nines, I have going to disagree with both their ten and nines as well. Um, nine on my list is a guy I feel like uh, the league is shifting towards. Uh, you got to be a receiving back to really be an elite back in this league. It's become ever so more important. It used to just dominate fantasy leagues. Now it's becoming a thing where if you can do it all as a running back, you can make a lot of money and you can be a very very pivotal piece of your offense if you can do both things um and i've got a guy that could do both things he plays out in la as well but he plays for not in la as well but he plays out in la i got austin eckler at my nine spot um i think he's a very underrated running back another guy that's dealt with injuries in the last two years um he's the only other running back i believe don't quote me because alvin Kamara might have done it as well i believe he's the only other running back that's no because he didn't hit it never mind i'm not gonna say that uh, two years ago, he had like 950 receiving yards in a single season, which outside of Alvin Kamara and, and CMC, I believe that's tops in the league. So the, the receiving talent is there. Um, that's another guy that Brendo would be able to attest to of how good he is being in, in the Chiefs division. Um, Austin Eckler is a bowling ball around the goal line. He can get those touches, but at the same time, you want to get him out of the backfield, man. This is a guy that definitely has the potential to be another guy that can get a thousand yards on the ground and a thousand yards through the air uh, as a receiver as well. So he falls at nine on my spot. So, so far, Brendo and Tyler both have Joe Mixon at 10 and Josh Jacobs at nine. I have Jonathan Taylor at 10 and Austin Eckler at my nine spot. Ty, who you got it at eight. I swear if me and Brendo agree again, I'm, I'm going to lose it. Um, let's go. Number eight. I, this is one I actually really did have to think about because we talk about you said it earlier just a minute ago. The top seven is one that seems to you know, kind of fluctuate. I mean, I'd raise it to ten or eight, to be honest with you, because at eight, I'm going to slide in Zeke. I'm going to put Zeke at eight. That's not anything against Zeke. That's not anything against Zeke Elliott at all. He is still a top 10, very productive running back. It's just with the running backs that are in the league right now, I think there are a lot that are better than him, especially how he played last year. Everyone thought that he was going to be the one. You know, Dak Prescott went down. We'll be fine. Zeke's got us. He didn't have you. He didn't have you, Cowboys Nation. He didn't. Sh- and that, again, that's not nothing necessarily against you. He's still a great running back. still think he's a great great player he's just not he's not that top five running back he once was he I'm just gonna need to see a little more out of him this year for me to bump him up out of that so that's why I'm gonna put him at eight all right here's the moment of truth do I also have Zeke at eight and no I do not I actually have somebody that Owen had at number 10 on his list I have Jonathan Taylor all the way up at eight 
So I think he had such a good year this last year. His rookie year was solid. Um, I mean, I saw him as one of the top running backs in the league. So I could definitely see him building upon his rookie year. I mean, I think it could only go up for him. I mean, if you have that strong of a rookie year, you can definitely build upon that and just launch your way up into the running back rankings. I know Owen was saying that since Carson Wentz got hurt, I mean, the Colts could rely more on the running backs. So I could definitely see that happening with Taylor. I mean, he could get even more carries than he did last year and just have a solid year. So I see Taylor as one of those top guys this year for sure. Yeah, it's uh, I like I said, I talked about Jonathan Taylor earlier and how strongly I feel about him. Um, at my eighth spot, I have another guy I feel like is super underrated, a guy that has been banged up here and there. He's always been one of the guys that I feel like I give a lot of respect to when it comes to running backs, and some people don't, which, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. I have the running back up from Seattle. I have Chris Carson, who's another Butler guy. Um, puts up, I mean, when healthy, puts up. 1200 yards a year very quietly he had 1200 in the 2019 season uh, he's a little bit more banged up this last year still hit i believe above the 7 800 mark um just a guy that does the job and does it very very quietly uh seattle's offense usually obviously is is stationed around their quarterback in russell wilson but chris carson is is a workhorse back to me he's a he's a bell cow back that i can give the ball to on first second third or fourth down and i feel very comfortable about getting a decent gain out of it. Um, I definitely could see Chris Carson slipping out of this top 10 list just because I understand how good the top 15 running back, the top 15 running backs in the league are right now. And uh, Seattle made no improvements. Well, not no, they made little improvements to their offensive lines. Um, they did get Gabe Jackson on the inside. Who's a, I believe he came over from the Raiders, which will definitely help the run game a little bit. Um, but we'll see how much damage he can do inside the tackles versus out. And um, that's why I have Chris Carson at eight, just a, a very quiet workhorse guy. So getting into the top seven, I feel like we may start lining up on a lot of picks here, um, but we're going to keep it interesting. We're going to see what happens. So Ty, who you got at seven? So six and seven is six and seven are, are two guys or two spots that were actually, these were probably the tightest two that I would say to, to put in my top 10 on this one. Cause I, I couldn't, I obviously had to pick one better than the other at my six and seven. So at set at seven, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. Um, and that's the only reason I'm saying Aaron Jones at seven is because Aaron Jones is one of those running backs who does his job. He still has arguably a top or not arguably. He is a top three quarter. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, top three quarterback, number two quarterback, but I'm, we're not doing quarterback rankings. So I won't go off a trail there. But they still have former MVP Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Jones is one of those running backs who, I mean, he does his job. He makes very big plays. He's great out of the backfield or catching out of the backfield and running. Packers have a great offensive line. They complement him very well. And I think Aaron Jones is a great talent all over the field. Again, he's one of those guys like Zeke. I'm, that's not a dig putting him at seven. It's just, he's There's so many weapons on that Packers team, i.e. Aaron Rodgers, that – I think Aaron Jones, I'd put him at seven just because he, he hasn't cracked that top five yet, but at the same time, he he does a very good job at doing his job. So that's why I put him at seven. Well, here we are back again. Me and Tyler are in agreement. I also have Aaron Jones at number seven. So I think I agree with what Owen was saying about Chris Carson with Aaron Jones. Like I feel like he's one of those guys that – he is really quiet on what he does, but, I mean, he's a top running back in the league year in, year out. It's just, for some reason, nobody wants to talk about him. So, I feel like like the talent's there. Um, we know Rodgers isn't too happy with Green Bay, so there's people saying this might be the last dance for the Packers this year. So, there might be some pressure in Green Bay, but I think they're going to respond well, and I think that's just going to up the talent and the production of the Packers offense this year honestly I think we could see a different beast in Green Bay and Aaron Jones is just going to be a big part of that along with Aaron Rodgers so there he is at number seven Aaron Jones baby yeah this is uh the first time that we're going to all agree to uh be in agreement together I have Aaron Jones in my seventh spot as well I think I, I was watching a TikTok a while back and it was like 
NFL takes that all fans should agree on, and one of them was Aaron Jones is the seventh best running back in the league. They're like, you can't put him any lower because he does his job so well, but there are six guys that are in another tier above him. So, you know, you have the six guys, but he is by far and away the leader of the second tier of running backs. Um, I mean, Brendo said said it well. I mean, he led the league in touchdowns last year with 16. He had 1,100 rushing yards, or he had 16 touchdowns in the 2019 season, which led the league, uh, and he – Went over 1,100 yards last year, uh, tacked in a solid 350 receiving-wise, which isn't too shabby. I definitely think that they have not tapped into his receiving side. I feel like he's a very, very good receiving back, and they haven't broken into that aspect of his game. I think he's another guy that can get up around the six to 700 receiving mark, but when you can throw the ball to Devontae Adams, why throw it to Aaron Jones? So, I mean, that's probably why you see his production down a little bit uh, when it comes to receiving. But, like I said, I think Aaron Jones is – well known, and I think putting him at seven is the absolute perfect spot of where you can put him at. So the top six, I think, is where it's going to shake up quite a bit. So I'm excited to see what we got. Ty, who you got at six? So at six, this is a guy that I actually never thought I would would put him this low on a list. This is a guy who everyone was arguing for him to be a top five running back when he came into the league. And, it, I mean, obviously he produces when he's on the field. It's just whenever he's not on the field. He's one of those guys where you can't argue. There are guys you can argue with, hey, he hasn't been on the field. You know, you can't really knock that. But this guy just seems to get injured so much that his production falls so much. And I never thought I'd put him this low. I'm going to put Saquon at six. I'm going to put Saquon at six. And, you know, and that's another one, like you just said with Aaron Jones. It's nothing against Saquon. When Saquon's on the field, Saquon is an absolute animal. And he's the best player on that Giants team. He gets hurt a lot, but at this point, after that's what I think sitting out and getting injured a lot does. It doesn't. I. It obviously shows that you know you can get injured and you cannot play, but it also shows what guys who can be better than you. And there are five guys who are better than Saquon Barkley in my eyes. Saquon is going to be a top running back in this league for however long he plays. But I'm just going to put him at six because I. I like you said about Aaron Jones, there's five guys who are better than him. So, <laughs> I am also going to put Saquon at number six. Um, it's weird with Saquon because, I mean, I feel like I could definitely put him in the top three. I feel like he has that talent. It's just like Ty said, for some reason he hasn't been able to stay healthy the past two years. So, I mean, we haven't seen too much of him. So, I think maybe we've forgotten how good he is. But at the same time, I mean, we also haven't seen him since he's got hurt, so we don't know how good he's going to be now. So I think putting him at six is a safe bet just because we know he's in that top tier of running backs, but it might not be the safest thing to do to put him in the top five just not knowing what we're getting into with him coming off an injury. Well, here we are again. Three, three yeses for Saquon at six. I also have him sitting at six on my list. Um, I agree with what what both of y'all said. Um, now, when it comes to potential, and when it comes to what we saw rookie year, man, this guy is this guy is in the conversation for, for being the best running back in the league. When you talk about versatility and having it all, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He runs the ball well. He can go around you. He can go through you. He can go over you. It doesn't matter. Saquon will get the job done when he is on the field. Um, the reason that I have him down at six, like I said, I just told you why I think there's a potential for him being the best, if not a top three running back in this league. The reason he falls at six to me is because we know how good he is. I just talked about how good he is. I can't take him out of the top ten, but I can't willingly put him over the five guys that have been producing at this RB1 level for the last two years now. These, these five guys in front of him have just produced too much to be like, well... He had a great year, but I still have to put Saquon over him. I can't. These five guys have done too much for me to say that at this point. So um, I'll let you guys, each of y'all, recap before before you go into your 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 fifth guy, before you get to your top five. Um, for my top ten so far, I've got Jonathan Taylor at ten. I've got Austin Eckler at nine. Chris Carson at eight. I have Aaron Jones at seven. And I have Saquon Barkley at six. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and recap your top, your your bottom five so far and then give us who your number five guy is. 
All right, so yeah, so far I had at 10, I had Joe Mixon. I put Josh Jacobs at 9, Zeke at 8, and put Aaron Jones at 7, and Saquon at 6. And coming in at 5, I think 5, I think what we've been trying to say, we just haven't been able to get it out of our heads and been able to say is 5, it's almost like a top 10 list. That's almost like two thresholds. You know, you look at top 10, you look at the next 10. To be honest with you, top 10 is something that like, I mean, the – excuse me, 10 through 6, there's players, and then 5 through 1 are another 5. I think the top 5 is something that that's another tier. And since we're all in agreement apparently, on all these ones so far, I'm going to switch my list up again, a little mid-round switch, and I'm actually going to put Nick Chubb at 5. I'm going to put Nick Chubb at 5, still a top 5 running back, still one of the best running backs in the league. He is a powerful runner. He is a fast runner. He's almost impossible to take down to the ground. The only reason I put him at five is because that Cleveland Bre- – here's what I want to say about the top five. When you look at a top five running back, the first thing you think of is, like, that's the guy on a team. If you're a top five running back, that's you're the guy, and you're the guy that picks up most of the yards, most of the points for your team. And that's not saying Nick Chubb isn't, but the Browns have so many different weapons on their team. Baker is emerging – could be a top 10 quarterback in the next few years. I'm not going to say either he is or isn't right now, but Baker's coming up. They still have Jarvis Landry and OBJ, and in the backfield as well, they still got Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt, he is, he, Kareem Hunt is a great RB2 for that system. I think they did a great job of finding a role for him, and you know he can go into the shotgun and get some shotgun snaps at running back, take it up the middle a little bit, but he is also proving to be an amazing receiving threat out of the backfield. But uh, And all in all, he's just a great compliment to Nick Chubb, who I put at five. But the reason I do put Nick Chubb at five and not any higher is just because of all those weapons that the Browns have and how they use him. All right, so my top ten so far, got Joe Mixon at ten, got Josh Jakes at nine, Jonathan Taylor at number eight, Aaron Jones at seven, Saquon at six. And I am also rolling with Ty at five. I also have Nick Chubb. So pretty much for the same reasons that Ty said. I mean, Nick Chubb is definitely a guy that is up there. I mean, obviously he's top five, but the only thing that holds him back is just all the weapons that the Browns have to where it just drops his production off just a little bit, just enough to knock him out of the top four. Um, Obviously, Kareem Hunt is splitting carries with him a little bit. I mean, I think if Kareem Hunt was a leading running back on just about any other team, he would probably be on this top ten list. So, I mean, it's hard to have a bulk of carries when you have somebody else on your team that's taking away carries like that with the talent that he has. So, with that, we'll see what Herp has for his number five. Well, Tyler, you tried to pull the mid-game switch and give us something different, but we all put Nick Chubb at five as well. So... The reason that I have Nick Chubb at five on my list, uh, everything you said was great, and Brendo is right. If Kareem Hunt's on another team, I mean, even with Kareem Hunt being on the Browns, like a lot of people will still put him in the top 15. A lot of people still have him in those the, the first five out of the top 10. When it comes to Nick Chubb, uh, I love Nick Chubb, even as a Ravens fan. Nick Chubb's probably my favorite running back that I like to just watch. If I could sit down and watch highlights of a running back all day, I just the way that Nick Chubb runs, man, is just fun to watch for me. He's an old school back. He'll go straight through you. The reason he falls at five on my list, despite me loving his running style and everything, I talked about it with Austin Eckler, man. You gotta be able to do it all. Nick Chubb's not the best receiver out of the backfield. He doesn't have to be when you have Kareem Hunt sitting right behind you. Um but the four guys above him, man, just do do both things well, not all four. Three of the guys above him. Uh, do the other do both things at a very high level, uh, and we all know who the guy that doesn't catch the ball in the backfield is going to be in the top four. But Nick Chubb at five for all three of us. Ty, who you got at four? All right. Well, apparently I'm not good at backpedaling here. I'm great at backpedaling on things in life, but apparently I'm not on this list. Okay, so at number four, uh, dang it. <laughs> uh, I'll have to keep my number four. At number four, I'm going to put Dalvin Cook. Um, Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to keep it how it was. I'm going to put Alvin Kamara at four. Alvin Kamara at four. Again, nothing against Alvin Kamara. He is the workhorse for that New Orleans team. And I think this year it is actually going to – he's going to get a lot more dominant than we think. The Saints 
They say they know who their quarterback's going to be. They think it's going to be Jameis Winston, but I honestly don't think the Saints are dead set on Jameis Winston at quarterback. So whoever that quarterback is going to be, you know, obviously they're going to hit Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is going to get catches, whoever the quarterback is. And I think it's it's crazy to say that it's going to boost Alvin Kamara's numbers because Alvin Kamara's numbers are already ridiculous as it is. I mean, the dude gets near 30 touches each game catching and running the ball. So, I mean, they're already ridiculous. But I think this is another one where, especially with a quarterback who the Saints might put an inexperienced quarterback in, inexperienced quarterbacks do not like to throw that ball down the field. Granted, Michael Thomas isn't necessarily a deep threat. He's kind of – or he's known as more of a, you know, short route guy. One thing inexperienced do, quarterbacks do, <laughs> do like to do is they do like to, you know, get that dump out route and – Alvin Kamara runs those flat routes and those Texas routes out of the backfield. He runs them better than anybody in the league, any running back in the league, arguably the best receiving running back in the league behind CMC. And, I mean, it, he's he's that workhorse now, especially with Drew Brees gone. He is the guy in New Orleans. He's going to guy that they look to to make plays, so I'm going to put him at four. I also have Alvin Kamara at four. Um, so... I think that now that the Saints are moving on from Drew Brees at quarterback, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Alvin Kamara because, like you were saying, Alvin Kamara is utilized so well on those short routes, and that was a strength of Drew Brees, obviously, and we haven't seen much of what Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston can do with Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, whichever one wins the starting job. So they could rely on him heavily, or they could just completely take that out of the offense for some reason. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. So, obviously, Alvin Kamara is still going to have a great year. I mean, I have him at four for a reason. It's just I'm not going to put him in the top three just because I don't think he's as safe as the top three guys that we're all going to inevitably have on this list. Yeah, um, originally I had somebody else here, but I re-looked at the numbers and I could not ignore that guy's production, so he got slid up to three. I also have Alvin Kamara, uh, Kamara at my four spot. Now, what we've talked about when it comes to guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield, when it comes to receiving running backs, we've talked about how important that is. To put it into perspective how important it is for you to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, Alvin Kamara is sitting at four on all of our running backs lists. He has never rushed for a thousand yards in a single season. It's never happened. His, his career high rushing yards in a single season was this last year. He had 932. So he's been close, but with that 932, he also had 756 receiving yards and he scored a total of 21 touchdowns. So when, when you can put up 16 on the ground, which is good enough to lead the league two years ago, and you can catch five out of the backfield and put up a total of 1700 yards from scrimmage, you're definitely going to be in the top five category. Um, Alvin Kamara does it all. I think his role, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with his role going forward, like you guys said. Um, and I wanted to put him at three. I had him at three for a very long time, but the guy that I'm going to have at three here in a couple minutes was just had too damn good of a 2020 to put him any lower than three. So, um, Ty, who you got at three? I think I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think these next – this next pick, I think this is all going to be the same, but I'm going to go ahead and say I think this is where it's going to stop being the same. Number three, I'm going to go ahead and put Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook had, like you said, just a monster 2020 season. Ranford, I think it was well, just over 1,500 yards last year, played 14 games, I believe, and I think he also had 16 touchdowns as well. And, again, another workhorse for – the team that he's on, the Vikings, you know, they like to throw around that they have Kirk Cousins. Some, I'm sure Vikings fans would try to argue that Kirk Cousins is a top quarterback in the league. Yeah, sure, top 15. Maybe 15 <laughs> in my eyes. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's a starting quarterback, but, you know, he's not your guy. Dalvin Cook, he's the Vikings guy. He's the guy on that Vikings team right now. You know, Justin Jefferson, obviously, that's going to be in, – in a few years, the Vikings are going to have one of the best one-two punches in the league with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. But Dalvin Cook is still going to be the first name that you say in that dynamic duo, and that's because of the player he is. That's why I put him at three. He's a dominant running back. And that Vikings offensive line, that's not an offensive line that 
I mean, they're not terrible. Don't get me wrong. Not terrible at all. But that is not an offensive line that you would think would have a running back or help produce a running back like Dalvin Cook. He had 1,500 yards this year. I'm going to go ahead and say, I mean, he'll probably have about the same, maybe a little bit more this upcoming season. He's just going to continue to dominate. I mean, he went on a stretch last year where it felt like any time the Vikings were inside the 10-yard line, that they were going to score right when they got on that side of that 10-yard line because Dalvin Cook, anytime he touches that ball, he is a threat to go to the house anytime he touches the ball. So that's why I put him at three. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you just said about Dalvin Cook. I also have him at three. I mean, the past two seasons that Dalvin Cook has had have just been absolutely insane. I don't know if any of us saw this coming with Dalvin Cook. Um, You can rely on him night in and night out. He's just going to do everything you could want with a running back. I mean, he's just going to put the team on his back. You can expect 100-yard games, 200-yard games, maybe even 300-yard games from Dalvin Cook. I mean, you just you never know what you could get from him. You just know that he's going to produce night in and night out. And, I mean, he definitely has the reason to be in this top three list. He's definitely going to be here, I think, unless there's an injury. And it can only go up for Dalvin Cook. I mean, I think he's going to be in this top three for the next four or five years at least. I think right now I also have Dalvin Cook at three. Surprise, surprise. I think the only thing right now that stops Dalvin Cook from being a top three running back is if Saquon comes back fully healthy and plays like he did his rookie year. I think right now, and even then, playing the way he did last year, man, that's tough. Because, like, I mean, Ty, Ty brought the stats out, 1,500 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns. He added 350 through the air and another touchdown. He is a guy that I think can be a dual threat out of the backfield, but, man, when when Dalvin Cook gets out into space, it is something special to watch. That guy is – his footwork is, is something else when it talks about come, going around you as one of the best one cuts in the game, I think, right now, uh, where he can just stick that foot in the ground – and cut up, and all of a sudden he's 10 yards up the field, and the defender is wondering where the hell that number 33 jersey went because it was right in front of him two seconds ago. Um, the talent can't be understated. I think his uh, it'll be interesting to see where his production goes because of how good he was last year, and the Vikings offense really didn't change too much, I feel like. Um, still got your core two receivers. You still got Kirk Cousins. Our tight ends really didn't change much, and I don't think their O-line really had that much turnover either. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, follow it up. But as I said, the only thing that's going to stop Dalvin Cook from being on this list going forward is if another running back jumps up and takes his spot. So, Tyler, who you got at two? Yeah, I've been getting the itch because I changed my one and two in the middle of this one as well. And if history repeats itself, it's going to fail, and we're all going to agree. But at number two, <laughs> I'm actually going to put CMC at two. And I'm going to put him at two because I do feel like there is a running back. Uh, I don't, I'm sure they don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to put CMC at two because, I mean, he's still – he is – he will go back and forth between that one and two spot. Just I mean, that's always going to happen. With a player, if he's at two, you're going to think he's one. If he's at one, you're going to think he's two. So it's going back and forth. And I'm actually here to, surprisingly, I've heard, I wouldn't say slander on CMC, but people saying that, because CMC, obviously, if you're drafting a fantasy this year, and, obvi- and earlier I said, you know, we need to stop comparing running backs to their their fantasy stats. But this is one I, you know, we'll make an exception for. I'm not comparing him to his stats, Comparing to his production, people have been saying, you know, CMC, he is the number one player on a fantasy board this year, but they're saying they're scared because of his injuries. He got injured one year. Every other year he's played, last year was the only year that he played less than 16 games. He played three games because of injuries. His first three years, he played all 16 games. His only other season he didn't play 16 was his rookie year. He played 10, and he had more receiving yards and rushing yards, and he was a very productive running back. The two seasons after that, in 18-19, he played all 16 games. This isn't a guy who you can be scared. Oh, I'm scared he's going to get hurt. He got hurt one time. And last year, he still played three games. And in those three games, if I remember correctly, he still produced in those three games lingering with those injuries. So he, he, we need to stop saying or stop being scared that CMC is going to get hurt. He's played four seasons. He got hurt one season. Every other season, he's played a full season. That's not. He's not an injury-prone guy. He's got one injury in his 
very young career, and it's something I think he's going to overcome. And, I mean, you look at it, number two, another guy we just talked about. I mean, CMC CMC is the Panthers right now. I mean, he, he does almost everything. He, excuse me, in 19, his last full season, he had 1,300, 1300 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. And, again, you brought that up with Austin Eckler as a stat that comes off as running backs is almost – impossible to do cmc does it because that's who he is he's that guy cmc's that guy in carolina but i'm still gonna put him at two so we actually have a little bit of a change here i'm actually gonna go with derrick henry at two and i'll tell you why so i mean the last two years that we've seen of derrick henry have probably been two of the best seasons we've ever seen from a running back i mean they call him ken Hen- king henry for a reason Drew calls him King Henry for a reason. I mean, 2019, he rushed for 15-40 and 16 touchdowns, led the league in both. Last year was even better. 2,027 yards and 17 touchdowns, led the league in both. So, with that being said, since the Titans have used him so much the past two years, is this the best that we've seen of Derrick Henry? Like, can it get any better than this? Is it just going to go down? Have they ran him into the ground? Could he potentially get hurt this year? I mean, it's hard to say, and I think that's the only thing that's keeping me from putting him at one is just that he's been so good the past two years that I don't know if he can keep it up just on this rampant pace that he's been on. Uh, I also have Derrick Henry sitting at two on my list. Um, I think, Brady, you bring up a good point. We're talking about these running backs going into this year. You know, we're trying to predict these things, so – if you're not obviously, we never want anybody to get hurt. But you know, if you're predicting, maybe not even an, in, an injury, but you know, just he has a nagging right foot. You know that you know it takes him out in the fourth quarter, which obviously we know that's where Derrick Henry, you know, thrives is the fourth quarter. You know, if he starts to wear down after 20 carries, that's usually where Derrick Henry becomes the best running back in the league. Because I could sit there in the fourth quarter, hand it to him an extra 20 times, and get an extra 200 yards off those 20 carries. So, um, this, as far as Derrick Henry falling at number two, it has absolutely nothing to do with Derrick Henry, in my opinion. It's just, I, I think I know who the, the, the number one running back is. I think I know who the kingpin is when it comes to running backs. I think it's been the same guy for the last two to three years now. I'll talk about him here in a second. But Derrick Henry's up two on my list as well. Tyler, who you got at one? Okay, so this was, uh, you know, like I said, I told you they're not going to know who I have. So at number one, I put, get ready for this. Say something stupid? You really think I'm going to say something stupid? At number one, I am going to put Deion Johnson. I'm just kidding. He plays receiver. <laughs> but no, number one, I put Derrick Henry. Um, I think... I'm a big stats guy, to be quite honest with you, as you can tell, as I've been saying here in this. And I do agree with what you said. Derrick Henry's one of those guys, you know, you take an injury on him, that's – there's Tennessee's. I mean, let's not say he gets hurt for the season. Let's say in a game, you take Derrick Henry out of the game, makes it a little bit tough for you. But I do think he is the number one running back. And I am looking at – I looked at this list a little more of production – Production up until this point, I think, is how I made my top ten. And production-wise, you can't argue that Derrick Henry has been the best producing running back in the league. I mean, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing years, and then he had this 2,000, which I would like to say, I feel like this definitely isn't true, but this is just opinion of mine. With the NFL now, obviously, pass-happy, a lot of scoring. You know, the game's changing. I'm not complaining about that. But I feel like... We didn't. We don't make as much noise about a 2,000-yard rushing season as we used to. I remember when Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000 yards in 2012. The league went nuts. Mainly, it could have been because Adrian Peterson came back from ACL injury. But a 2,000-yard receive or 2,000-yard rushing season used to be something that was unheard of. It never happened. I think Chris Johnson did a 2008. The last time it happened was in 2000. Whenever Jamal or was it Jamal Lewis for the Ravens was that his name? Yeah, I think that's the last guy who got 2,000 yards before Chris Johnson. So I I think we're forgetting that that is a milestone in this league. To get 2,000 yards, especially in the league today that they're playing in, that's, it's, it's terribly hard to do that. I mean, 
I mean, we'll put him down at two and C-Mac at one. But right now, right now in the league, I will put Derrick Henry at one. And another thing people want to they, – they want to complain that he gets 2,000 yards because when he gets 33 touches a game and his offensive line is good. Saying a running back is good because his offensive line is good is like criticizing a quarterback for having good receivers. It's it's it goes hand in hand. You can't you can't say oh he's only good because his offensive line. Okay, that means he knows how to read holes. That means he knows how to read defense. I mean that means hey guess what he's a great running back. That's what that means. But so yeah, I'm gonna stick with Derrick Henry at one. Uh, yeah, I'm say that stats don't lie. Eye in the sky don't lie. So, number one on my list, he's going to be back, baby. Number one, CMC, Christian McCaffrey. We all know what happened last year. Uh, He didn't really play that many games because of injuries, but this year we expect him to be fully healthy. The man is back, and he can do it all. I mean, we know what this guy can do out of the backfield receiving-wise. I mean, the two years before he got hurt, he had over 100 catches both of those seasons. I mean, those are good numbers for wide receivers. For a running back to do that, that is just on a different level, and that is just a big strength of his. And on top of that, he's also just a good running back rushing-wise, too. I mean, he had uh, over a 1,000 rushing yards on those seasons, too, so he's a dual threat out of the backfield. And uh, I see that continuing this year and for many years to come with Christian McCaffrey. So, And then on top of all that, this man does not have much help with the Panthers either. I mean, he is the main focus of their offense, especially now, um, because we all know who the new Panthers quarterback is. It's Sam Darnold, which he does have pressure on McCaffrey, which I think honestly could be a good thing because that's just going to inflate his stats even more. They're just going to have to rely on him even more. I mean, even though they have some good wide receivers in Carolina, they got Robbie Anderson, they got DJ Moore, but Christian McCaffrey is going to be the guy to rely on out of the backfield rushing and receiving. So we're just going to see a monster season out of CMC, I think. Yeah, I would um, I would agree. I have CMC at one as well. I think you both brought up good points about him. I think Tyler talking about a running back having a 2,000-yard season is impressive. A running back having a 2,000-yard season in a passing league as it is today is twice as impressive. Um, when it comes to CMC, man, he's just, he, he done, but he came in and played against Kansas city. He had 18 carries for about 70 yards, which is almost four, four carry with a touchdown, 10 targets for 10 catches, another 82 yards and a touchdown. So we're looking at, you know, over 150 all purpose yards, two touchdowns. So the reason I still have CMC at one, despite the injuries, because I know he can still produce. He came in in the middle of an injury-riddled season last year and still gave Patrick Mahomes a heart attack and pushed the Chiefs to a 33-31 loss in Arrowhead. So I, I know that CMC could produce with an injury, without an injury, through the injury. It doesn't matter. Um, Derrick Henry is extremely, extremely talented. I know how good of a running back is. And honestly, when it comes to playoff time, He's probably the best running back in in the league because when you can get a 10-point, 7-point lead and you hand the ball to him an extra 10, 20 times, defenses don't want to tackle him. Now, you could say uh, that's, you know, whatever, you know, Baltimore stopped him last year. Yeah, they did. You know, that was the first time in in a long time that somebody's been able to stifle Derrick Henry the way that they have. So, um, I have CMC at my one spot. Uh, I want to have everybody go through and recap their lists again real quick. But before we get to that, another special special little thing. Got one more fan question before we get out the door. Um, a a the, the last fan question we got came in from uh, Miguel. He was asking, um, do we feel like the Madden 99 club is correct this year? Would we add anybody or take anybody out this year um, when it comes to the Madden 99 club? So I'll let Tyler go. We'll kick it around in the same order, and then I'll end us off. Uh, go ahead and... Answer the fan question and then go ahead and give us your top ten as well. Round us, you know, give us give us your recap as well before you pass the mic. So, honestly, I think the Madden ninety. I think they actually hit the nail on the head this year. Any any time, every time they came out with a player, I felt like it was like you know, yeah, he was a ninety nine. Um, there was there was one that I would say would surprise me. Well. I say surprised, but it wasn't necessarily a prize, but I will say I didn't expect it. They gave Jalen Ramsey a, a 99, which that – I'm not saying I don't think he deserves a 99, but I did not think Madden was going to give him a 99 this year. I am kind of happy they did because he is the 
best cornerback in the league. Another one, and again, I think it was more of an odd thing for me to see him at a 99 just because of his position, but was Travis Kelsey again. Nothing against Travis Kelsey. I think he's the best tight end in the league. But, it, I mean, to see – it, I, it's weird It's weird to see a player that's – obviously tight end's a skill player, but then obviously the way they run Travis Kelsey, he is more of a skill player. I think it was just a little jarring to see a tight end at 99, but I do think he's worth a 99. Obviously, Patty Mahomes, he was the last one that got a 99. I feel like everyone knew that was going to happen because they leaked it that it was going to be a quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the league. And, I mean, he's on the cover. Why would you not put him at a 99? And Aaron Donald gets it for the fifth year straight. Nobody's going to argue that. Nobody's going to argue it. Aaron Donald. Um, I I blanked on the, the last one. Oh, Devontae Adams, yeah. Devontae Adams, I that's one I feel like the more just fans of the league in general who like watching the NFL were happy about. Or not watching NFL people who people who play Madden were happy that Devontae Adams got a ninety nine because last year there was a lot of a lot of people saying that he was underrated on Madden, which that could have been because you know at the beginning of last year they probably didn't think he was and he built his way up to be what he is now. But I think he does deserve a ninety nine. I would say he's one of if not the best receiver in the league, and he does deserve a nine. So I do think that Madden. Did get all the 99s correct, uh, except for Quentin Nelson. Big Q deserved a 99. That's just me saying that. Let's get linemen in the 99 club. I want it to happen. I want to see. I want to see the big boys up front wear gold cleats. That's all I want to see, man. I definitely agree with everybody we saw in the 99 club. I mean, all of those guys are definitely top tier people in the league. I'm gonna say I think they left a couple people out. Honestly. Um we all know the year that Aaron Rodgers had last year. I mean, MVP year, he's that dude. I wouldn't have minded him getting a 99, honestly. Another guy that I think we could have gave a 99 to, obviously these ratings are based off of the year that these guys had last year, and we just talked about how good of a year Derrick Henry just had. I think Derrick Henry could have also had a 99 uh, rating with a over 2,000 rushing yards a year. So, they hit the nail on the head, I think. They could have given a couple more guys a 99, but I'm not upset by any means that they didn't get a 99 because they still got great ratings. But So, to recap my top 10 running backs, number 10, Joe Mixon, number 9, Josh Jacobs, number 8, Jonathan Taylor, number 7, Aaron Jones, number 6, Saquon Barkley, and then top 5, Nick Chubb, 4, Alvin Kamara, 3, Dalvin Cook, Number two, Derrick Henry, and your number one running back of the 2021 NFL season, Christian McCaffrey. And we'll hand it back to Ty to uh, recap what his top ten was. Sorry about that. Forgot to do that. But, yeah, my top ten went Joe Mixon at ten. Then following him, went ahead and put Josh Jacobs. Then Zeke at eight. Aaron – yeah, sorry. Aaron Jones and Saquon. And then rounding out the top five, I had Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. I said that wrong again. I had Nick Chubb at five, Alvin Kamara at four, Dalvin Cook at three, C-Mac at two, and Derrick Henry at one. Well, since they both just went ahead and did theirs, I'll go ahead and do mine just so we have them all three back-to-back-to-back for answer the fan question. So uh, I had Jonathan Taylor at 10, Austin Eckler at nine, Chris Carson at eight, Aaron Jones at seven, Saquon Barkley at six, Nick Chubb falls in at my five spot. Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook at four and three, respectively. Derrick Henry at two. And I have Christian McCaffrey as the best running back in the league going into this year. As far as the Madden 99 club, um, I wasn't really mad with any of them. Um, it's it's tough because you don't. I don't want to sit here and try to hand out 10 or 15 99s, even though sometimes I feel like that's what it should be. Um, it's very hard to try to separate between, like, yeah, Patty didn't have the best year last year out of the quarterbacks, but we know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback out of the, you know. So Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't mind having a 99. Um, Derrick Henry, I think, is another guy. I think DeAndre Hopkins is another guy that's worthy of a 99, in my opinion. Um, I know he got hurt last year, but I think if, if you're going to put Travis Kelsey as a 99, I think George Kittle also has to be a 99. And I, you talked about how it's weird to see a tight end at 99, but – if one of those guys is a 99, the other one is, you know, vice versa. If you if they give George Kittle the gold cleats, I think Travis Kelsey deserves them as well. Um, 
Those those guys are in a tier together. That is who's the best tight end in the league? That's one A, one B. Those guys are on the same playing field. It goes game in, game out, season in, season out, which one will trump the other one. Um as far as defenders go, obviously Aaron Donald and um and Jalen Ramsey get theirs. I'm surprised that it took him this long to put Jalen Ramsey there. He's been the consensus number one corner for at least, you know, two to three seasons now. Maybe not, you know, a couple of years ago with Stephon Gilmore, but he's definitely been up there. Um, and also, I think, you know, people are kind of upset because Deef, that was the only two defenders that got it, um, were those two guys. I agree with Ty. I do want to see some some big boys in gold cleats on the O-line. I'd also love to see my kicker kicking stuff through the uprights of gold cleats. I want, I want 99 overall kickers back, man. I the throw power, the speed does not affect how good Justin Tucker is. We know the three stats that matter: it's kick power, accuracy, and awareness. Make those three kingpins. Give me my ninety-nine kickers back. I want Justin Tucker in gold cleats. Um, as far as the other defensive positions, there's nobody that really stands out at the safety position. That's you know this is the guy. You know that's I'm the best safety in the league. I don't think there's a, there's a lot of debate about that. I think there's a lot of debate about the linebackers, whether you're talking inside or on the outside of who the best is and defensive ends. Also, it's very weird to try to, you know, place guys. Where is he a D end? Is he an outside linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? So um, I, I would have argued, honestly, for Miles Garrett to be a 99 as well. But if, if Aaron Donald's going to be the only other 99 across the D line, I guess Miles Garrett's not in that category yet. So I'm okay with leaving him off as well. So uh, I think those are the guys that I would have added. But like I said, uh, I if I give out one of those to everybody I just listed, we've got 10, 15, 99s. It's not as special at that point. So um, I think that's going to do it for our, our top 10 running backs. We'll have top 10 quarterbacks on the way. Make sure you guys keep your eyes open, keep your ears open. Uh, keep us in the back of your head because we still got a lot more content coming we got all of our defensive positions to run through. we got a couple more album reviews to do. And uh, I think we're going to get in and break down each division in the NFL before going into this this year as well. So thank you, Brendo and Tyler, for being on. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to have you guys back on soon. Um, and we'll see you guys next week.